we finally got to speak to the new football coordinators for the Miami Hurricanes today. And I got to tell you, when D.C. Lance Guidry opened by saying, y'all are getting a real Cajun right here, that's the moment I realized we're in for a really fun season of coverage. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we met both coordinators today, a couple of Cajuns, uh, Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, Lance Gidry, the real Cajun, he said, the defensive coordinator, and uh, had another day of practice today, spring practice day two on Tuesday morning. And I'll tell you, a guy that's turning heads, Caleb Spencer, the true freshman safety, was an under-the-radar three-star guy out of Virginia who was an Oklahoma commit that Miami was able to flip back in late October. Uh, He's looking good so far. I will caution, though, anyone, let me remind you, two days of spring practice in, pads have not come on yet, okay? And that was something that we, the media, were reminded of repeatedly by Dawson, the O.C., Gidry, the defensive coordinator, there's only so much we can assess right now until the pads come on. But we're liking what we're seeing physicality-wise from Caleb Spencer. And Lance Gidry, the DC, did say that he's watched Spencer's tape and that he's a big hitter. That's how he describes Spencer as a big hitter. On the offensive side of the football, probably the biggest note of the day is that Javion Cohen is with the team now. He went through his first official spring practice today. He had to miss the Saturday debut practice. Be It was a, an official excused absence for him. He was part of a special symposium that they were holding at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis uh, geared to players, underclassmen who are expected to be drafted in the future. So that was an excused absence of his. Javion Cohen is now back. You know who else is back? By popular demand, we got Bruce Warner with us. They, they appreciate, we call him the truth teller, Bruce Warner. Bruce, how you been, sir? What did you call me? The by truth teller. You said by popular demand, by whom? Come on. Uh, believe it or not, you got really good reviews. We had you on last Tuesday. We're talking about making this a, a regular Tuesday thing now because Bruce Warner, especially, they just love the hat that you wear the and the fact that you still have the tag on it, which people <laughs> found to be kind of hey. funny. That's that's my that's my Newark background. You don't take tags off. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to return it if they don't win more than five games this year. Just take it back. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I got a <laughs> bunch of hats, uh, and I got a lot of things. In fact, when there's something funny going off top, my wife yelled at me yesterday. She said, "Every time I come in this house, you got orange and green on." I said, "Fine, tomorrow I'll wear green and orange." <laughs> <laughs> my my wife has come to accept the fact that 80% of the clothes that I own have a U on it somewhere that I most most of my clothes as I imagine is the case with you as well are Miami Hurricanes related so something that Bruce became official since the last time that you and I spoke which was one week ago Jason Taylor is still on the staff and he's promoted he's now a defensive line coach now uh, the last time you and I talked uh, I was a little bit concerned that he was going to end up with the Miami Dolphins or in the NFL because there were reports about NFL interest with JT. 
How big do you think it's been that, or, or how big will it be that Cristobal was able to lock him down on this Miami staff? I think it's really big. I mean, I've seen, I saw a few articles this week about him meeting with these recruits, these D lineman recruits. Look at the credibility he's got. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer for God's sakes. I mean, my God, sure it's big. You know, I knew last year, and I knew in the offseason, not that I tell everybody, but he was not going to go back to the Dolphins. Why would Mario let him come next year if his goal was to go to the Dolphins? I don't think he would have done that. He's not that kind of a person. So right. I think he's done with the Dolphins. I mean, that's that was his team, but he really wants to help Mario. And that's yeah. a major coup because, as I said last week to the listeners and the, and the viewers, that the D-line – needs to get some help. They're just not big and strong and tough enough yet. Not that he's a D tackle, he's a D end, but still. The, the credibility with him being there has a lot to do with what's going to happen in the future with this team. Yeah, and uh, Lance Goodry, the defensive coordinator, did talk a little bit about Jason Taylor today, how he's just very impressed not only with his teach teaching ability. I was going to say teachability, but that would probably be the opposite. With his teaching ability, he was impressed with his patience, but he said that JT knows when to kind of turn it up when it's a pro. Like he knows how to get on some guys when you need to get on them. So I guess he's like really good at kind of reading the vibes from his defensive line. And, and Bruce, you know, we, we've both been around Jason Taylor a lot over the years. And, you know, he spent plenty of time coaching in the high school ranks as well at St. Thomas Aquinas. Right. He, he, he loved like he loves teaching. Like he's not one of those ex-pro athletes who just kind of wants to kick his feet up and get you know an easy payday here and there like Jason Taylor is willing to put the work in yeah well he had to do that when he was at Akron not a big guy he was skinny but tall but still he he made himself the best he could possibly be and he was damn good that's why he's in the hall of fame so of course he's going to show patience he's still very young he can relate to these kids and they all know who he is so yeah, yeah. that's really good. Now, a lot of the kids that are at Miami now, if you brought in Russell Maryland, they might not know who he was, you know. So it, it, he's very relevant, especially here in South Florida. So a great decision by by everybody. Um, but I'm happy for him that he's got this job and he got promoted. Yeah. You know, uh, something that stuck out to me with Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, one of the reporters there asked him about, the air raid offense, right? And kind of how flexible he is on running the football. And he gave a cool quote to that where he said, as far as I'm concerned, the air raid doesn't exist anymore, he said. Like, they've, they've had to evolve it so much. So obviously the roots and principles are still there. You know, Dawson learned from Hal Mummy, who's the godfather of the air raid, and he's worked along uh, with, you know, Mummy disciple Dana Holgerson has, you know, been Dawson's boss in most of the stops that he's been. So obviously the roots and principles are still there, but he doesn't even really call it an air raid anymore, Bruce. Like he talked about adapting to the personnel. He talked about the importance of having a strong running game, because guess what? If you can run the football, it makes it a lot easier to throw the football, too. Uh, how about he had a conversation or two or three or ten with Mario Cristobal? That's that's another reason why that's not going to be the air raid anymore. <laughs> you think he's going to stand there and tell Mario, I'm going to just air it out all the time and Mario yeah. hire him? No, he this is part and parcel of what was going on in, in the background. He knows damn well he can't throw the ball 80 percent of the time. So, you know, but I, I, you know, I heard some comments. I read some comments about people not so sold on Van Dyke. And they, they were saying, well, he can't really run the ball. 
So they want someone who could run and pass, which it seems to be a lot of the younger kids today. But what does he have to run for? If the offensive line is much improved, he's got a stable of running backs. Yeah, we don't know about Citizen yet, but still. And the receivers are going to be good. I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah, we don't have like the true blazer. Well, we have the blazer and Ray Ray, but he's not that tall. But again, yeah. I'm not. I, I, they're going to run the ball enough with that with the skill people. As long as the offensive line is working, I said to you last week, I'm not concerned in the least. I'm not saying they're going to win 12 games, because now that I'm seeing who's healthy, like Rivers, and they have other guys in in, in that in the pack that are in the that are in the front seven that are going to play. The only thing they need to do is learn how to play together, right? And so this whole spring is about playing together and it's not about individuals blocking. Like they do a lot of individual things, but the spring practices, off season workouts, and definitely the fall practice is for those guys to play in unison to know who's got the blitz guy, who's got this calling out the plays and making sure you trust the guy next to you. And so that's going to take time. I love the guys they have, and I wish they had another two or three big dudes. But I, I said Inez Cooper is going to be he's, – he's big. They have a massive offensive line. So I'm not that worried about it. I'm just more concerned about playing together. And I think this offense is going to explode next year. I want to talk when we come back a little bit more about TVD. And also, I want Bruce's take because someone asked me this question the other day how we're going to measure the success or lack thereof of Miami's new coordinator. So I would love Bruce Warner's take on that. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. That's my breakfast every morning. We just got through the holidays. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think that they're good for you, but they are. What makes Built Bar so good tasting? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't have to wait around to get a box. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head into your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today. Grab a 13-bar box or a 4-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And yes, you can still order Built Bars online at Built.com with our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. And you can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Alex Dono alongside Bruce Warner. So, Bruce, uh, I was doing some Q&A in the mailbag yesterday, and someone asked me uh, how we're going to measure the success of Miami's new coordinators at the end of the season. I gave kind of a smart-ass answer, right, that I want to see – more points scored and fewer points given up. But how do you think we're going to be able to measure at the end of next year the job that Shannon Dawson and Lance Guidry have done? That's a tough question. And you know why? Because Mario is going to take all the heat or get all the praise. Maybe he'll get praise for hiring those guys or maybe he'll get ripped for hiring those guys. But I think he is the focal point of everybody, not just not not these coordinators by themselves, unless we wind up another Gaddis. But I don't see that. Oh. Happen. That I don't see, because look at the difference in the offensive line. 
Uh, they were horrible last year, and they were banged up, and they was and they stunk. So that's that that's a hard thing to measure. But I I think defensively, um, you'll see different schemes. I think I don't think you'll see as many breakdowns in coverage. I mean, you're talking about steel, but. Yeah. He just seemed very set in his ways. And I, as we said last week, how the hell – I don't know which games it was. I forgot already. But there was two games where they had six bombs against them in a two-game span. Four against one and two against the it was, other. It was Middle Tennessee and North Carolina. How? How do you do that? Oh, <laughs> goodness. Uh, so, yeah, and the, and the lack of adjustments. I just thought last year was absolute crap. Uh, I, 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 so it, it's it's mind-boggling to think that we were so jacked up last year at this time, and to go through a season like that, I don't want to ever see that again. And I don't think yeah. it's going to happen again. Apparently, and I think maybe I, I heard it from you that some of these guys are bigger and they're stronger and they look good. This that Caleb yeah. Spencer kid, you know, you said something about off the radar or under the radar. Oklahoma wanted him. I think he had yeah. going to commit to Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it might not be somebody that that uh, they looked at during the season, but he's once Oklahoma kind of blew him off, he came straight to Miami and they took him. He's got to be a hitter, whether he can cover or not. I don't know. That right, I don't know. exactly, and, and and that was something that and both coordinators stressed this that they can only draw so many conclusions because we haven't put pads on yet, right? And and that was something you know because Lance Gidry he he did. He was starting to praise Caleb Spencer. Somebody asked him specifically about Spencer, so he didn't like single him out, but he did start to praise Spencer. And he pointed out, though, we're really going to find out when the pads come on because he mentioned some of these players are going to look like all-stars without the pads on, and then when the pads come on, you're going to see certain players that maybe didn't stand out so much without pads they are going to start to stand out with the pads on. And he even, like, he tempered the expectations a little bit with Cam Kinchins. Uh, not that he doesn't expect Kinchins to be great, but that was the first question that I asked him right out of the gates, you know, his impressions on Cam Kinchins so far. And he certainly, he praised his leadership and his intelligence, but also said, you know, we're going to see more of that leadership develop once he gets more comfortable in the defense, because just like everyone else, he's learning that new defense. So we're, we're going to kind of see how he adapts to that. Uh, but obviously Kinchins was an All-American last year. And this is going to be a, a safety-friendly defense because Lance Gidry's background is coaching safety. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Cam is going to end up, you know, given just how intelligent he is, Bruce, and how hard he works, I'm sure Cam is going to develop really well in this new D. Well, I'm sure him and, and Gidry and his position coach have looked at the film because as great as he was last year, he missed. And he misread and he over-pursued on a lot of plays and was in the wrong yeah. place at the wrong time. So I understand. I have no problem with that, but I'm sure they're going to work with him and correct some of these mistakes. You could be a leader all you want, but if you're, you're not getting your job done, you're, you're, you're on the sidelines. I'm still very curious about James Williams. I know he's not there now, yeah. Uh, but I just don't see where he has the instincts to play safety. I'm sorry. That's uh, just my opinion. And I don't know. I'm not saying I'm right or I'm wrong. But I haven't seen much from him. You know, I could see if he made a mistake or two, but then he made some outstanding plays. Like, you know, like 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 Ed Reed used to do or or, or Sean Taylor used to do. But I, I haven't seen much in the positive. The, the interceptions that he had were thrown right into his hands. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, we, we spoke um, a couple of Fridays ago 
with a you know one of the number crunchers, a pro football focus analyst, because this uh, this analyst uh, graded Cam Kinchins. He can or sorry, not Kinchins. We know is great, but he he uh, determined James Williams is one of the top five best returning safeties next year in college football. And he even said a lot of my, and he's going strictly by numbers, right? A lot of Miami fans were like, what are you talking about, man? Like Miami fans were thinking he overrated our guy, which was interesting to him. But his point was that he admits James uh, had a, a pretty poor tackling grade last year. Um, I'd like to hope that a lot of that had to do with him playing through a shoulder injury for much of the year. And hopefully he rounds that part out of his game a little bit, but he talked about Williams having among the most elite coverage grades, pass coverage grades in the entire country. And, and that's why he did. And also add in James's size and his stature. That's why he considers James to be one of the elite uh, safeties in the country. And of course we're rooting for him to put it all together this year. So he's mainly, he's got to tackle more consistently is where oh, he's got to round out his game. Shoulder injury has got to be big. Cause I won't remember a lot yeah. of an arm tackler and you got to knock people out and he's not doing yeah. it. He's yeah, an arm. Yeah, yeah. He's grabbing and reaching. And so we'll see. I, I look, I'm glad he's on our team, but I, I hope he gets better. I, I, you know, you asked me last week, the last question, I think there's a major upside for this program. I don't know what their record will be this year, but if he keeps recruiting like this and they develop players, I don't see any reason why we're not contending every season for the ACC title, getting either a major ball game or we're in the playoffs because there's just too much of an upside with these kids. But, you know, the recruiting, they still have to get those receivers. I know they're after Smith. Yeah, I think Trader's probably going to come here. But if they can get those guys done and they get D tackles, um, I think they're going to be okay. You know, I just do. What were you going to ask? What was the question you were going to ask me? Oh, about the the, the yeah the, the coordinators. I like yes. both. I like yeah. both of them. Right now, I like on paper. I like both of them. But again, yeah. a lot of this stuff that we're going to see uh, on offense is going to predicate on the offensive line, which is Maribel. It's not the it's not the coordinator. And if that offensive line is healthy and you're knocking people around. I don't see anybody going to stop the offense unless TVD gets hurt, which you asked me about him as well. I just don't see it. And defensively, I do see they're going to be better, I think, uh, scheme-wise, but they don't have the, the real headbangers up front, the run stuffers. I'm hoping that our middle linebacker, I hope Maragoa could could compete. Uh, and I like the Bryant kid, but he, he's still a kid. The other yeah. guy, Maragoa's got some experience playing out you know, at Washington State. So um, I'm hoping he turns it around because we got Kate, what we get Caleb Johnson last year from UCLA. He was, yeah, he was average at best. It was a big, dis that that was one of the biggest, I mean, sometimes when I hype guys up, I'm right about it, but I also admit when I'm wrong. Cause like I, I hyped Caleb Johnson up so much last year when he transferred really nice dude, but it just, you know, it, it did, it didn't go the way I thought it would go with him. Yeah, it didn't. A lot of it didn't go. Yet we got we got lucky yeah. with Colby Young out of left field. Yes. Yeah, now, that one I did call, Bruce. That one I did call it. People didn't want to listen. Juco guy, how could I told you guys watch out for Colby Young? Hopefully, and and Colby Young, by the way, he's looking good so far. Two practices in, and he looks he looks a little leaner, maybe a little quicker even than he was last year. So that could end up being a recipe. For I success. saw that. I think he ran like a four four seven or a four, whatever it was. It was in the mid four five something or other. 
And that's much faster than last year. And he, I know he needed to do that because he's yeah. got to get deep. He's one of the guys that has to get down the field and draw a safety with him so they could do all that underneath stuff if they have to. Um, I, I, that's a major thing. It sounds like a little nothing that he lost a little weight. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. You know? Yeah. And, and if you were watching um, some people, uh, you know, we were taking videos of Kevin Beard at the first practice on Saturday. And by the way, I love watching KB work Bruce because he he's out, he's going through the drills as if he's on the team like that. He is not just do what I say, do as I do. Cause he demonstrates everything. He was working up a sweat, but he kept talking about, we're going to go vertical. We're going to go vertical. So I, I, you know, he wants these guys to get quicker. He wants them to be making more explosive plays in that room. Yeah. Well, you can do that if you could run the ball. And as we, I also said last yeah. week, yep, my- yep, yep. Today. But I also said that those safeties got to get out of the box. You got to get yeah. them out. So they got to throw the ball vertical to be able to open up the running game and the short passing game, the tight ends on crossing routes, all that stuff. You can't do any of that if the safeties are in the box and you can't get the ball down the field. So TVD is very critical because I don't see the I don't see Williams playing. And Jacuri Brown, he may even be better, but he's not the answer. Not yet. So not yet. They really have a lot of work to do, but it's very specific work. The offensive line has to run block and pass protect. The play calling, I expect, will be a million times better because I can't see anybody worse. Um, <laughs> no, no offense, Mr. Gaddis, but that was horrible. Uh, and defensively, you know, I think we're going to be better. I, I like the athleticism. we got young DVs. I hope they're healthy. Last year, there was a couple of games where the young kids got in and they got burned on the first play they were in there. I think Middle Tennessee State was one of them. One of those mm-hmm. artists or one of the other. I got, got nailed right down the field. It was terrible. But, you know, you, you, I, I expect better. I expect better attention to detail. And a little nothing thing, which is a big thing now, I think these kids relate to these coaches better than last year's coaches. That's mm-hmm. important. I think they just turned these guys off. Because they didn't, and you know, and I'm also hoping, I'm sure every Kane fan is, that when they come out to start the game, they score in the first quarter. Because yeah. that was horrible to watch. Down 17, nothing, 10, nothing. Get the ball, drive down the field, somebody screws up. And, and, you know, I want to see these guys come out on fire and keep that intensity up. I want to see the, the old Kane football, you know, but because I'm old. what was the do do you have a uh, because obviously you you know we we talked last week you started really getting into the program in in 82 right right before they started winning national titles in 83 do you have a specific Miami team that was your favorite that was oh this is I mean for a lot of people it's 2001 right and all the first round picks did you have a specific Miami team that you thought this could be the greatest college football team of all time or most entertaining you've ever watched? Well, the funniest thing is, is that I thought the 86 team that lost to Penn State was the greatest team. I did. I thought so too. Yeah. And I still think to this day that despite two losses um, in the 91 season, the year they beat Texas 46 to three in the Cotton Bowl, I have a hard yeah, time. 90, 90, yeah. I have a hard time believing anybody could have beaten the team that day because they were on fire. Yeah. Um, but um, favorite team? I don't know. I, I think the 86 team that lost 
is my favorite team. The following year they won. I was at that game against Oklahoma, but that was a nail biter. It was 20 to 14, yeah. whatever it was. Um, so I guess the 86 team, but I went home with the sour taste in my mouth. And of course <laughs> the, the O2 team that lost to Ohio state. That was a great team. Again, that was a great game, yeah. but we got robbed. So yep. those are the two teams that should have won. We would have had seven national titles and I'd be proud to say any one of those teams. Although if you ask, if I have asked, if you ask any one of these guys that played for 88 or 89 under Dennis, the 90 team, because all those yeah. guys are my friends, they say they're the greatest team ever. They got Yeah, oh, for sure. They, they lost to Notre Dame in one of those games and whatever. But, you know, in fact, if, do, you, do you care if I bring somebody on or you just want to know about it in advance and – I, I, I wouldn't care I, at all. I could bring on Leon and all these guys that could talk about the offense. Kidding line. me? Whatever you Let's, want. I, I, lo I love Leon. Well, why don't we see if we can get somebody on with us next week? I'll text him. Oh. Yeah, but he does a show. He does lunch with Leon. In Jacksonville, right? Yeah, So, but we have to do it a little earlier. That's all. I will adapt. I wouldn't do this for you, but for Leon Searcy, I would adapt my schedule. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you actually adapted for me today because i i did uh and i thank you for that because we're, we're going to do a different time today but i filled in for joe rose today we'll be on for him for the rest of the week then i had uh dawson and uh and gidry after that so i appreciate you bruce warner for adapting your schedule to mine that's how big time i am sir oh yeah oh well how was it? how was it was it good was it fun it's a lot of fun. I get to work with uh, with Brian Monroe, who is uh, he, he's going to be coming on this show, I think, again, pretty soon. I've been bugging him enough. And also, I want to note for, for the people watching this uh, later on this week, I think on Friday, we're going to bring Malik Rozier on because uh, he uh, told me and I think he told his Twitter followers that he, he's been doing some work with Emery Williams, the incoming yeah. freshman quarterback. I'd love to pick Malik's brain on how those sessions are going. Uh, and uh, and later uh, today, we'll be talking some recruiting with John Garcia. So it's just a full day of fun. Bruce Warner, you are the foundation of this day, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. So let's hope we do it again every week. I told you I'll do it every week. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. Hurricanes will open up their ACC tournament after the double by top seed in the conference, baby, on Thursday. And then we'll find out on Sunday the NCAA tournament seeding. But you can hear all about everything going on in college basketball with Andy Patton and Isaac Shade on Locked On College Basketball, newest show on the Locked On College Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your pods. And we'll talk to you guys again later on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.